Well, hello, and welcome to another edition of the e-commerce evolution podcast. I'm your host, Brett Curry, CEO of OMG Commerce. And today we're talking about a bit of an unusual topic for our show, e-commerce focus, talking about what's new and what's next. We're going to be kind of talking about a topic that's been around since literally the beginning of commerce. We're going to be talking about word of mouth advertising, right? But but not just word of mouth. We're going to talk about how do you put digital rails around word of mouth? And if you don't know exactly what that means, that's cool. We're going to explain that and then show you why it's powerful and how it can work. And we're also going to talk about building an ambassador program. I'm really excited about this topic. I think it'll be very useful, practical, and fun. Hey, e-commerce evolution listeners. I hope you like free stuff. I also hope you like free stuff that's actually worth a lot of money. If so, I have some great resources that are yours for the taking. If you've been wanting to dominate with YouTube ads, but you don't know exactly where to get started, or maybe you're doing a little bit on YouTube ads, but you want better ideas for ads, request our free top YouTube ad templates guide. It's 16 of the best YouTube ads we've ever seen. We break them down, show you why they work, how they work, and how to apply the principles to your next YouTube ad. We also have the ultimate guide to getting authentic customer testimonials. And we have a Google shopping guide that's very timely and something that I think most sellers need. If you sell on Amazon, we also have a couple resources for you there our DSP Roadmap, and our sponsored brand video success guide. These are all free for you. I think they're going to be super, super helpful. Check them out at omgcommerce.com. Click on resources and then guides, and I hope they create a breakthrough for you. And now, back to the show. My guest today is Nick Staggy, and Nick is the CMO of Wooly which is a tool to help in these endeavors that we're talking about. And so we'll get into that in a few minutes as well. But with that intro, Nick, welcome to the show. And how you doing, man? I'm well. Thank you so much for having me. I love yeah. the work that you guys do. And uh, I'm, I'm pretty geeked to be chatting with you today. <laughs> geeked? Yeah. Man, I'm, I, I will I'm join geeked. you in that, in that state of being geeked. And so uh, just quickly, let, let's talk about kind of how you got to this point, right? So what's your... What's your background in marketing and e-commerce or even non? And then how did you come to Wooly? Yeah, well, I, I spent the better part of a decade working in retail face-to-face. -face. I was managing a chunk of the Western United States for a, a national retailer. And I, I learned that people interact with people in a variety of ways. But when you have a strong relationship with someone, it's so much easier to help them be confident in deciding what to buy. In my 10 years there, I also realized that most brands weren't doing a lot to help retailers create those relationships and sell their products. And this was, this dates me, but a lot of this was really before e-com kind of took off. So I, I left retail and I went and I worked for companies like Skullcandy and GoPro, building out these global advocacy or ambassador programs. We started with retailers and then we moved our way into press and athletes and influencers and distributors and um, you name it. And 
I started to, to realize, wow, this is really hard to do without technology. I could scale so much faster if I had great tools available to me. And so much like I had done the transition from retail to manufacturing, I went from manufacturing and working at consumer goods companies to working for tech companies that were empowering that very behavior. So I spent five years running marketing at Expert Voice, a company that really focuses on the industry professionals and retailers. And then about a year ago, I made the transition over to Wooly to be their CMO. And I, I made that move because I'm, I'm following the trend, if you will, or I'm projecting and, and forecasting the trend that it's moving from macro to micro to nano influencers. And if you follow that all the way down, it's just everyday customers. And if we can put digital rails around that word of mouth marketing, we can solve some really big problems. So that's why I joined Wooly and that's where we're at now. That's the problem awesome. we're trying to solve. That is a fantastic background. Uh, I love the progression there. And I, I love that experience. You know, I, I think so much of what we do is better informed if you just understand the way people shop and why people buy and the way people buy. And, and, and certainly there are differences, obviously, the way someone shops in a store and the way they shop online. But understanding shopper behavior is so crucial because a lot of it is the same. And so yeah. lo love that progression. Love that you bring that uh, deep knowledge of, of the in-store shopper and then the, the knowledge from manufacturer and now on the, on the tech side. That's, that's super fun. So uh, I want to get into some of the details of, of Wooly and what Wooly does and what it is and how it helps put these digital rails around word of mouth. Before we get into that, though, I want to just talk about why build an ambassador program? I think some of the benefits are, are obvious, but I think it'd be good for, for you to kind of map out, why should we do this? Because you know, we, we talk to hundreds and hundreds of e-commerce companies as we're you know, talking to people that want to help with, with uh, YouTube or Google ads or Amazon ads or whatever. The vast majority do not have ambassador programs that we talk to. So, so why do it? Kind of walk us through the, the why first. Well, I think customers are emotional buyers. Right? I mean, we, we buy based on emotion and then we justify our emotion with sure. logic. Yep. And if you can build an ambassador program, what you're doing is you're creating a deep connection between your product and brands and your customers. And when you do that, suddenly they're, they're buying a new set of skis every year. You don't need a new set of skis every year. But you're doing it because you're you're so emotionally connected. Mm -hmm. It it's not just that building that ambassador program is a one to one. I have this relationship, and now that person is going to buy. But it then helps create a an entire army of call them micro marketers on your behalf. They will actually spread your message. They will promote your brand. They will help you grow the entire funnel from awareness all the way to point of purchase. And if you do it in, a, in the right way, they do it not for cash. They do it not for, um, for, for a monetary gain. They do it because once again, they're emotionally connected and we just, that is how humans buy. So I think it's important that every brand looks to build better relationships with as many customers as possible. Because when you do that, they help you in turn generate and acquire new customers. 
Yeah, I love it. And, and it's it's always, or it used to be surprising to me, it's not anymore because I see it all the time. But we, we as marketers, we as e-commerce professionals, we're guilty and so is every business owner really of forgetting about our good customers, right? Or, or taking them for granted uh, in, in this, from the standpoint of, we just think they're always going to buy from us. And we think they're, whatever they're doing now is the most they're going to be doing. And we can't really get them to buy more. We can't get them to be more loyal. We can't get them to be more outspoken about our products. We, we, we sometimes forget about them. And, and, and sometimes it is a little bit sexier or more enticing to go after new prospects all the time, right? How do I ramp up my YouTube ad spend, which is fun. I like to do that. I will not, yeah, of course. Uh, I will not try to talk you out of that. <laughs> Me but, either. Uh, yeah. But we forget about, man, you've got this army and you, you, I like that term micro markers. You've got this army of people that know you, like you, trust you. Why not build better relationships with them so that you sell more to them, make their lives better, you benefit as well, and then structure where they can go out and tell all their friends. And, and then, hey, you get a lot of new customers from that as well. Yeah. Well, I think, a, I think a reason that that happens is marketers, we, we've, to our credit, we have done a really good job showing our input and, and our value. And we, we can sit down with our CFO and CEO and say, here's our dollar in, dollar out on our YouTube spend. Here's the ROAS uh, mm-hmm. last month versus this month and how, how we're improving it. And in some ways, that's a detriment to marketers. And you see the CMO, I mean, it's a, it's a dangerous profession to be in because the CMO uh, churns faster than any other executive in the executive Very suite. True. Very true. But, but it's really hard because there's this disconnect with a lot of executives that think brand is not performance because you can't measure it. But it is performance. Sure, it's not as predictable. It's not as easy to track. Um, and therefore, it's not as easy to manage and to optimize. But if you buy into that long-term strategy and you have a CEO and a CFO who support that long-term strategy, you can go out and, and build it. And brand is compounding. So if I can build a great relationship with you, then I've secured you as a customer. And hopefully, I, I increase my lifetime value with you. But then over time... It's not just my lifetime value with you. It's that you're helping me acquire customers for a cost that I spent months ago or years ago, right? So my, my uh, customer acquisition cost, in some ways, you're like, well, that's zero. It's not, but right. yeah. you get the point, right? It's, it's this compounding thing. But because there's really fuzzy metrics behind it and there's, there's no way of seeing it, it becomes the first thing that you're like, well... COVID hit and budgets were getting slashed. That's gone. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm done with it. But yeah. that can be a dangerous long-term play. Yep, 100%. Fully agree. So uh, tell me about what, what are some of the more successful, you know, one or two of the more successful ambassador programs that you've seen, either companies you've worked for or with or just, um, you know, had experience with whatever. Uh, what were they? How did they work? Kind of, Kind of fill us in on that. I think the the biggest one I've ever seen was at GoPro. When when I was there, we would travel the world and we would hold press conferences and meet with distributors. And Nick Woodman would always prompt us, like, you have to ask this one question. And we would ask, how many marketers do you think are on our team? And no one ever got the answer right. 
Because the answer was everybody every overguessed, right? Or, or no, underguessed, I guess. Underguessed. They were like, oh, you're a huge company. I don't know. A hundred, three hundred, like you know, how big is your company? We're like, well, at this point, we have fourteen hundred employees. Okay, yeah, you know, maybe two fifty. I don't know. And our answer always blew people away because we were like, we genuinely believe anyone who's ever bought a camera or used a camera is on our marketing team, and we treat and we tried to treat them as such. And when you do that, and and look, GoPro also just like hit at the right moment with, with digital and YouTube and the product itself is very viral. But we, we capitalized on that when other people didn't. Right. So we, we prioritize spending time, energy resources in creating those relationships and building diehard raving fans. And because of that, we didn't have to tell a new customer GoPro's the best because our customers were telling their friends. So I think that's a, a big example. Um, and, and how did you just to kind of clarify a little bit? And and, and I, I I really like that where you think about okay, not only is a customer a customer, and we should value them and take care of them, but they're also a marketer, right? They're on they're on our marketing team for us. How did that shape the way you treated customers, spoke to customers, whatever? How did that impact your decision making? Thinking about you know every customer is on the marketing team. Yeah, it, when you've got that many customers. Conceptually, you're like, oh, that makes a ton of that makes a ton of sense. I'm in, and then realistically, you're going, well, how do I, what do, I do with <laughs> every single person that way? So, look, we segmented them into groups, and we were like, okay, these people at the top of the pyramid are number one and number two, and we went all the way down, and we tried to build advocacy sort of programs and ideas to support each one, and as a as you went from the top of the funnel or the top of the pyramid to the bottom, it went from a one-to-one relationship to a one-to-many. But we maintained this idea that even the bottom tier are still important advocates and ambassadors and marketers for us. So there wasn't a moment where we're like, well, the line's done and everyone else is just a customer and anything post-purchase is just going to be to try to get them to buy a new product. No, we didn't do that. Um, so we had a, we had a whole range of things that came to play, but this was one of the problems that I faced is, okay, well, the one-to-one I can do the one to a few I can do, but one to many globally, how in the world can I do that? The only answer is with technology. The only answer is to have a tool or set of tools that help you build those relationships and empower people and give them the things that they need to then go do what you're asking them to do. Yeah, I, I love that. And and sometimes, you know, the it, it makes sense to do the the one-to-one or one-to-a-few to your best customers. They're going to be really active in referring and bringing, bringing business in. It totally makes sense to do that. Uh, and, and it's very valuable, but sometimes that longer tail, the the one to many, you may get more total business from that. You just need you need structure, you need you need tools, you need technology to to facilitate that and, and make yeah. that happen. So. it happen. It's such an interesting point because if you look at the world of influencer marketing, really, I, I find it fascinating how it came about with Instagram and Snapchat building the, these massive monthly active user bases and then telling marketers like, middle finger, you can't advertise to, to our audience. And as marketers were like, 
that's cute. We'll just pay your users with huge following to advertise on behalf. I mean, that's the start of influencer marketing as it is today. Yeah. But it, it created this problem where we valued people with high reach over high credibility. And sure, there's examples like you get one of the Kardashians to post, you're going to drive top of funnel and you're going to drive sales. You get LeBron to do something, it's full funnel. But for most, it's not. And it's why influencers don't want to be paid on an affiliate rate because they know they don't really drive sales. They want to be paid on a CPM rate. But it is usually it, influencers are more top of funnel. They're more, more awareness yeah. and, and use them for that. It's a great tool. I'm not saying don't use influencers for that, but it put us in this world where we valued reach over credibility because we could scale having a relationship with a few people with massive reach as a individually, as opposed to scaling a, a relationship with 1 million people who each only had 100 followers, right? But their collective reach, it's enormous. Massive. And their, their credibility is a multiplier, for the most part, against your typical influencer. So if you can find a way to, to grab that collective reach and maintain credibility and authenticity and all the other buzzwords that we've been talking about for, for years, um, what you find is increased conversion, deeper connection to customers, and a better sense of loyalty. Yeah. Yeah, it's tremendous. So let, let, let's talk then, let, let's dive into this idea of, of word of mouth and putting digital rails around it. And all ties into the ambassador concept as well. I remember I actually got my start in, in advertising, selling radio ads while I was in college. So that, that, was, my, that was my first gig. I was nice. uh, yeah, 20 years old, working my way through college, selling radio ads to people way, way older than me. Uh, but I just remember it really stuck with me. It was imprinted on my brain early on that I'd walk into a you know restaurant or local shop and say, "Hey, what's your most effective form of advertising?" And people would always say, "Word of mouth. Word of mouth is the most effective, right?" Uh, I invest in yeah. TV, I do radio, I do whatever, but um, but word of mouth is is my go-to. And this was like in the year 2000. So this was this was early on. I'm dating myself, but this was early on. You know, e-commerce was barely a thing then as as well. Um, but yeah, word of mouth, it's so valuable. No one would dispute that. But I think most people would say, hey, the only way I can influence that as a business owner, as a marketer, is just to create better products, right? Just make good products so people want to talk about it. And certainly that is a huge part of it. Right? That's the most important part. If you don't have a good product, then nothing else can do matters. But yeah. um, Not that big pens aren't great pens, but like, I'm not talking about them. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Yeah. So how do you put digital rails around it and, and um, go ahead and lay out you know, what Wooly does too? Yeah, well, Wooly has an interesting background there. I mean, you, I just have to say, I've heard for years the same things that you're talking about. And in a lot of ways, there's been so much evolution and, and progress made but the conversations that you were having about word of mouth marketing, people are having the exact same conversations today, which is crazy that people are like, yes, it's my, it's my best uh, advertising method, but I have no real idea how to manage it better right, other than right. better product. And 20 years later, we're saying the exact same Thanks. thing. <laughs> like, you know, there's a problem if that's the case. We need sharper minds than mine really building products and thinking about that. But 
the the goal of Wooly is to make it really easy for people to share the products they they love with the people that they love. And but because our our background kind of came from like this anti-influencer moment, we started on the B2B side. So we started by helping brands learn more about their existing customers. We're like, you don't know a whole lot about them. We have a platform that will help enrich the data around who they are. And at the time, candidly, Brett, we were like, we'll help you find influencers within your customer base that you just didn't know you worked with. Well, all of a sudden, we started recognizing, oh my gosh, we're looking at the data, we're evaluating the people and we're like, there are some incredible people in here who are not typically what you would think of as influencers. Jeez, this is powerful. And then our clients started coming to us saying, thanks for the information, but now I need to do something with this. Like, you're just telling me like, here's a list of really important people, but build, help me build some tools so I can activate them. So I can ask them or so I can recognize them and say, I see you, we love you. Will you do A, B, or C for me? And so we started building this out. And what we found was the everyday customer, the person that, that has 500 followers on Instagram, not 50,000, was like, wait, my favorite brand sees me and they, they recognize me and right, they like me. Right, yeah. And they're asking me to, to post about them on social media or share, share a, a discount with my friends and family. I'm in. And they started doing it in droves. I mean, it, it's been the, the engagement and adoption rate of the everyday customer has been insane. And so we have brands now that just through the Wooly platform, just asking their customers, thank you, we see you. Now here's a friends and family discount to share with your friend. We're not giving you anything in return, but do you want? if you want, you can, you can hook up a friend. We're seeing brands that are selling uh, um, 100K in a year extra or Kongbox, uh, they sell dog subscription toys, just sold an incremental 50 grand in subscription-based revenue in the first like 45 days. It's, it's blowing minds, right? Well, what's, what we're now realizing and what we're building is this is a great tool for the, for the brands to have visibility into who their customers are, activate them to do more, and then measure the return. What we're seeing though is, wow, there's even more potential if we make it really easy for the end consumer to share any products they love with the people that they love. So we're building an app. We're building an app that essentially allows you to aggregate all of your products into this Wooly app. And right, you and I are, are um, hanging out and we're having a barbecue at my house. This is a real story. I, I'll, this sounds instead really of good. you, yeah, uh, this, is, this is a real story with my parents. For the record, you did not invite me to this barbecue at your house, but I, but I appreciate the retelling. Next time. I'm, I'm there. I'm there in spirit. So that's cool. Yeah. So over <laughs> Memorial Day weekend, I had my parents over and I opened up the Traeger and we, we smoked food and it was wonderful. Which is a, which is a, a fantastic barbecue grill, Pe pellet grill usually, correct? Is this a pellet grill? Yes. Pellet grill and it does everything. It can act like an oven or a, a I mean, it does everything. They're, they're so good. But um, so I'm, I'm, I'm cooking on it and my dad kind of walks over. And he's like, this is interesting. I haven't seen one of these before. And he eats the food and he's like, okay, I, I have to have this. Like, tell me. 
Well, I, I walked him through it. He ended up going and buying one. He bought it at Ace. Here's the problem with that story. I wasn't able to help my dad get it at a great deal. Traeger has no idea that I recommended that product to my dad. And Traeger has no idea that my dad bought the product. They know we sold one more unit at Ace. But they, but they don't. They have no insight into anything else that's happening. So with the Wooly app, in that scenario, I would tell my dad, "Oh, you like it? Well, here, let me pull up in my app. I can share a, a link with you that gets you free shipping or pellets for life for free or twenty percent off or whatever Traeger wants." Right? Here you go, Dad. And then my dad receives that in his phone, and he clicks and he buys direct or he buys through ACE, it doesn't matter, right? Traeger now knows, oh, Nick owns that product. He shared it with someone and that person bought it. If you start to understand that, let's say I do that 10 or 15 times in a year, Traeger may want to start treating me differently. They may want to start building different relationships with me. But from the consumer side, I just get to help my dad out, like, which I'm doing anyways. Right. So that's the future of where Wooly's going is we're going to marry this B2B platform with the B2C side. And frankly, we already have some versions of that rolling out, but we're aggressively building towards that scenario specifically that I shared. Love it. So you're you're getting insight then into you know who your customers are, who's an influencer, who's referring, things like that. So that's extremely valuable insight for the business to have. You're also, you're making this, this word of mouth process easy then for customers. Mm -hmm. So if I'm already going to be talking about my grill and I'm going to be showing it off. And when, when you do a cookout, you know, the dudes hang out anyway, you gather around the fire, like, like in the caveman times, it's going yeah. to happen. Mm -hmm. uh, and so now you're maybe facilitating making that process easier. If someone does say, Hey, I gotta, I gotta check this out. Well, here, let me get you a discount. You know, that type of thing. Um, yeah, it's been a, it's kind of been a pain because the the Traeger example, my dad ended up calling me. And he was like, okay, I'm at Ace. Which one again did you say? And <laughs> is there a better price somewhere? And I'm like, yeah, I, I don't got, know. I got a hundred things going on. Like grab the guy at Ace, you know, or like, <laughs> let me just, like, let like me Google that shopper. for you yeah, yeah, sort yeah, of yeah. thing. Yeah. But all of that could have been removed with the Wooly app. Yeah. Now, uh, I, I'm sure some people are wondering, well, why don't you incentivize the the refer? So in this in this scenario, why wouldn't Traeger give you a discount or a kickback or an affiliate commission or something like that? I, I can think of several reasons to do that and several reasons not to do that. Uh, but what what is your take? What are your thoughts? Why why wouldn't that be set up that way? Well, that's such a that that's a great question, and it's a question we're faced with a lot. And there's we don't we understand the give and take on both sides and we have people on our team who are pro one way or pro the other, but we're going to test our way in to figure it out. But I, I will tell you that, that um, I believe I take my stance is the high road, which is you don't, you don't give me the referrer cash because no offense, but none of us are looking to get on Facebook and see another Lou LaRoe closet sale. Like, I, I don't need that, right? I don't want my neighbor just trying to make a buck off me. Yep. Um, I'm, not selling, I'm, not, I'm not selling the Traeger to my dad. I'm recommending it. And if I can give him a discount, 
that that kind of gives me some social clout with him. Like, Dad, remember I got you hooked up? Like, you owe me one back. Um, and I think it it maintains a high level of authenticity and it, it creates a high level of trust where there's no question like, wait, are you only trying to recommend this because you're going to make money on it? The other I think side when, I think is, when you go back to your, your we, we said before about the credibility of some of these, you know, not, they're not really influencers, they're just customers, but there's a lot of credibility there. Yeah. If they're not getting a kickback, that maintains their credibility, that builds their credibility. And a lot of those people want to feel credible, right? I want to make a recommendation because I'm a nice guy and I like to recommend things and I want you to feel good about my recommendations. I don't want to make a recommendation because I get a small kickback that almost takes right. away the good feeling. There's a lot of people that have that have that uh, uh, mindset. So yeah, absolutely. And and on the other side, you you do that, and then it's like, hey, give twenty five, get twenty five. We're both in it together. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It makes the product totally maybe valid. Yep, sure. uh, it it might increase ad adoption and usability. So there's there's a lot to be said about well, if you can hook each other up maybe it doesn't tear at credibility. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm. we're looking at every spectrum of like nothing. It's totally pure to all the way to, yeah, absolutely. You get a commission rate or, and the, the truth probably lies somewhere in the middle where purple mattress is a client. And I think they do it really well, they're not going to give you another mattress because how many people need two King beds, you know, but, but they're like, look, you do it. You do the things that we ask and enough of these things. And you, and, and we have this relationship we'll give you free purple pillows. Well, they're like 50 or $60 pillows, maybe more. Yep. Um, and that can be pretty cool too. So um, brands are doing product exchange or look, you can give your friends 20% off, but we're going to give you 40% off. There's some things that, that might be a middle ground there that, that don't compromise trust, but also create some stickiness for the end user. Because if I'm a brand conceptually, I'm like, this is a really good idea, but if no one's using it, I don't care. Right. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So the brand can at some capacity right now, they're looking at what the incentive is from a product standpoint. We don't facilitate payments today and, and likely won't, but that could change, but they look at it and they're just like, okay, well the discount that I'm giving or the, the pro the product that I'm giving them for free, that just becomes my, customer acquisition costs. Right. Like, right. And, and it, it's a, it literally is a performance customer acquisition cost. It's not a maybe it's, I only pay when I sell. Yep. And, and that can be really exciting for a brand. You yeah, cut through the noise. For sure. And, and what's interesting, you, know, you talked about the B2B setup a, a little bit ago and, and probably some listeners here that are in the B2B setup. And, and one thing to keep in mind, if, if you have a client come to you through word of mouth, right? Let's just use the B2B space as an example. Someone who's referred to you, they're usually going to be like some of the best clients to work with, right? They come in with a high degree of trust. They're going to take your advice. They're going to listen to you. They'll probably be loyal. They'll probably stick with you a long time. I think the same thing is true when it comes to, to B2C relationship. People that are referred to your business by your best customers, they are going to be like your best customers. They'll, they'll often become more of your best customers. So I think... Um, I think that's a real value as well uh, that, you know, you're, you're getting potentially some of your best customers through this as well. You know, that's such a, uh, that's such a good point. If, and I hadn't necessarily pieced it together this way, but when you said that my dad bought his grill 
I went to his house and I helped him set it up. Yeah, I, yeah. I went to his house and I was like, okay, dad, here's, here's how I use it. Here's how I'd recommend you use it. And then it was a couple days later, I called him and I was like, dad, have you used the Traeger again? Like, how is it? You Have you done it on your you're own? Like, you're like customer support here. You're like, you're like I'm doing customer the work. Support. <laughs> I'm like, I'm fulfilling on their freaking customer journey post-purchase. It's, it's insane how much. It's not even that I think that I'm doing it for Traeger. Right? Yeah. That's the Go beauty of it. Yeah. I'm doing it for my dad. Yeah. I'm not doing it for Traeger. So, but they're the ones that are also reaping the benefits. For sure, for sure. Well, so th- this this is all super fascinating, and 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 I, I'm excited by it. Uh, so, talk about what are some of the features uh, of Wooly, and and maybe do like a quick kind of start to finish walkthrough of, hey, here's how we identify people. Here's what we do with, you know, after we identify people, here's here's where it goes. So, so talk us through that a little bit. Yeah, from from a recruiting or or understanding who your customers are, we have deep integrations with. Shopify and other e-com platforms. We um, integrate with Facebook and Instagram. So there's a process where at, at a point in time, we can pull social data from your users. Um, we have the ability of kicking up iframe, get to know you or application forms. And all of this information from any source is aggregated into Wooly. And then you're you're able to easily start segmenting and filtering it out. So I was I was working with Cotapaxi yesterday. They have a half a million people. Great brand. And there are some oh. very passionate customers of, of Cotapaxi. Sure. Diehards. Yes. Diehards. So we were looking and, and they have 500,000 people inside the Wooly platform that they can filter through the data. And we decided, okay, we're going to look at just um, anyone who's bought product in the last six months. We're going to look at anyone who has mentioned the brand on social media once, has an uh, an engagement score of those posts on social above three percent, and um, has made a recommendation to to a friend. The list awesome. that fast, one hundred and seven people. We're like, okay, we're starting to to find some powerful people. Notice we didn't look at reach or yep. follower count or any of that stuff. And then from there, we said, okay, well, what sort of things do you want them to do? And we built a campaign brief. And so this campaign brief goes out to those 107 people and says, we love you. Thank you. Here's something we're doing and we'd love it if you'd be a part of it. Here's how it works. And then when those 107 people activate on their behalf, Everything is tracked back into Wooly and we can measure of the 107, here's how many did everything. Here's what that looks. Here's the content that they created. Here's uh, how many sales it drove. Here's the engagement rate on social. And so you're able to really quickly just look at it and make an understanding high level of what's working and what's not. And then you can dig in to the individual level and say, wow, of the 107, Brett drove the most amount of sales. For sure. Without question. Posted yeah. on social. Yeah. People trust me. Yeah. This person didn't sell anything, but they posted on social and reached uh, a 6% engagement rate with their 4,000 followers. Like, that's pretty cool. So then you can, you can start to further segment and build relationships with those people. Yeah, that's awesome. So then when you find someone, yeah, I think you had to mention the example earlier, you know, hey, 
by the time you've sent me, you know, 10 or 12 new customers or something, I may want to think about a, a slightly different relationship. Uh, maybe we then talk about commission structure or, or maybe you're an, uh, now you're like a beta tester for new products or, or, or whatever. Like what, what, is the, what do those relationships look like once you find your, your best of your best ambassadors? Yeah, it starts to become more one-to-one. Mm-hmm. So the, the beauty of, of Wooly is that it allows you to manage that one-to-many, that baseline. And you certainly can manage one-to-one. But at some point, what we see is a lot of these brands are like, okay, well, now I've found tier one. Cotopaxi has multiple tiers, but tier one has, I think it's like 60 people. They have one-to-one relationships with all of them. And they, they use Wooly to manage the the campaign and measurement, but the communication is like them. I think they're even on a closed Slack group. <laughs> Nana and co has a closed yeah. Facebook group. Um, love that. It's awesome. Smart, right? Um, so it totally depends on how people want to manage those relationships and use it. You can do it in Wooly, but Wooly is really set to do more of the one to many or one to a few. Um, just because you want that personal touch when it yeah, becomes yeah. one-to-one. You want, you want it to be a direct email or a text or a Slack or something like that. It yeah. just feels at that point, you know, one-to-one, you need, you need, it needs to feel a little bit different as well. Yeah, um, but you still uh, can store all the data in Wooly to know these are my tier one and why. Or like, hey, this person went dark on us. They're not tier one, they're not tier two, but now they're they fit our tier three. Let's move them down and treat them as such. So you can easily kind of shift those things. And then that helps guide how you communicate and interact with them. Very cool. So uh, one kind of last concept here, and then we'll, we'll talk about how people can learn more and, and discover all that Wooly has to offer. But you talk about campaigns. Can, can you can, can just give an example of what one of those might look like? Yeah, Solomon... I, I just love this ski, example. Ski boots and skis, right? For those that... And trail running shoes. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they they wanted to run a campaign that was not uh, direct sales attribution, but they went out and they just asked their customers, we are, we are making a stance and we are supporting just awesome women. And, and we want you to do the same thing. And here's what the campaign looks like. And we want you to share this on social media. Brett, without paying for an ad, without paying for a single influencer, they were able to generate 23 million impressions on social media through their Same. customers with Wooly. Same. Yeah, yeah. It's so cool. And then that's where you're talking to people that you know, love you and are engaged. You're, you're creating a message that's worthy and that, that's timely and that people can get behind and get excited about. And uh, they wanted to share it, right? And, and I love the way you explained it before. And, and I think I'm about to use the word love too many times in the same sentence, but that's okay. I'll go, I'll go, go with it. it. It's, it's you know, people that love your product is sharing, sharing products you love with the people you love, right? And that's, and then this is like a message we love, right? We, we, we really support that. So we, we uh, share it. So yeah, um, that's awesome, man. Well, for those that are listening, that are, that are having the same reaction as me, uh, I've, always, you know, I've always just loved marketing and human behavior and how all this stuff ties together. And they're thinking, okay, I got to dig into this. I got to think about this. Uh, where can they learn more about Wooly and how can they kind of you know, dip their toe in the water or, or get started? Yeah, visit us at just wooly.com, W-O-O-L-Y, or um, connect with us and our team on LinkedIn. So 
um, at Scott Paul, at Nick Staggy. We're at Daniel Fisher. Um, we are happy to, to get on the call, to run you through a demo, to just learn about your business. Um, but, but we think if you have a brand that makes, to your point, Rhett, great products and people want to talk about it and share it, we have a platform that we are confident can deliver real results for you. So we, we'd love to connect and just become friends. And if we happen to become uh, more than that, boy, that's pretty cool too. Yep. Awesome. Check it out. Put those digital rails around word of mouth. Start building a, a real ambassador program. Lots of growth. Uh, and this stuff's just fun too. It's just fun. So uh, Nick, this has been a delight. I've had a ton of, ton of fun here. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for sharing your wisdom and experience. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Yeah. Glad to do it. So as always, we'd love to hear from you, our listeners. Let us know what do you want to hear more of? What, what topic ideas, what show suggestions do you have? Uh, also, we'd love that feedback on iTunes. Leave us a review. Tell us what you love about the podcast. It helps other people discover the show as well. And with that, until next time, thank you for listening. At OMG Commerce, we accelerate growth for some of the most loved brands in e-commerce, like Boom, Native, True Earth, Overtone, and dozens more. If your Google and YouTube ad performance isn't where it should be, if you're struggling with Performance Max, or if you're not scaling like you'd like on Amazon, then we have two ways to help. One, we have amazing resources that are free for the taking, like our top YouTube ads guide with lots of examples, our PMAX checklist, or our Amazon DSP roadmap, plus many more. Or hit us up for a free strategy session. So go on over to omgcommerce.com and click on Let's Talk to request that free strategy session, or click on Resources and Guides and pick the guide that's right for you. And now back to the show.